if you have one property and somebody books six months out, uh, sure, you found out that there was an event, but there's nothing you can do about it anymore because yeah, <laughs> that one property you had got booked. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? My brother. Life is amazing, man. We got these cool backgrounds now. Which yeah, you like now that? I don't, have to, I don't have to hide all my books that normally sit on top of my couch behind us, so that's great. Um, so if you are listening, go watch the YouTube so you can see our cool backgrounds. Um, and dude, life, life is good, man. Like, Real estate is crazy. Like, I don't know how things are going up there, but the real estate market here, um, as you guys know, I do, I do sales as well. And that market is just going absolutely crazy. Um, so I'm just riding that wave and just kind of enjoying it. Um, to keep you guys updated on the refinance process. So I have one more unit of, out, of, out of my 40 under contract um, officially now. So that's good. Um, still waiting to iron out financing and refinance. Um, that's been interesting. Um, but I mean, the, the one thing that I learned last time is as long as I knock on enough doors, sooner or later, somebody will open. Um, I just need somebody that actually gives me a long-term mortgage rate rather than a 7 to 8% loan, which are very easy to find, but they're not very sustainable. Um, so that's kind of where we're working on, but other than that, man, life, life is good. How are you? How are you guys? Oh, you guys also have to watch the video so you can see all the swag that Mike is wearing from the Cove. It looks amazing. I'll move, I'll move, I'll move, yeah, the move mic. it, move Just it. Yeah. It. yeah no, things it. are, <laughs> things are going well. Um, talk to a buddy of mine who's a, a big wig at a, a, good size commercial brokerage about doing a refi on the hotel. Uh, I'm going to be closing up the books for September over the next week or so. Finished up pretty strong. We were shooting for 70% occupancy, which was fairly aggressive for September. We finished at 68, which was still really good for, uh, for where we were at and maintained a really strong average daily rate, which are some of the key metrics that, uh, that we look at. And we'll probably talk a little bit about with our guests today. But uh, things are good, man. We're bringing on two more properties, uh, two more short-term rentals this month in Salem, which is the best month to bring on a property in Salem. Yeah, because so, the witches come out. That's know, it. Yeah. It's a huge, uh, <laughs> huge witch market. So we're excited for those and uh, things are good, man. But I am very excited for our guest today um, simply because I absolutely love what he has built with his co-founders and his team. It's a massively valuable tool that I use every day in my business. And uh, so without further delay, today we have Anurag Verma, the co-founder of Price Labs. He co-founded that five years ago to bring revenue management automation uh, in airlines and hotels into the vacation and short-term rental industry. 
He spent six years designing and improving revenue management algorithms and systems at United Airlines in Chicago while working closely with revenue managers and data scientists within the company. He has a PhD in operations research and loves all things numbers. And without further ado, welcome to the show, Anurag. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Mike, and thanks for the, the intro, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is exciting. I know um, I'm also a numbers guy. I was an accountant in a previous life, and I love getting into the numbers. And uh, while a lot of folks don't think it's the sexiest topic, I will tell you this, at the end of the day, the numbers are what matters, right? It's, you know, creating this business. Business is all about numbers and how do you maximize your revenue and um, your software that you have, you know, co-founded and developed is a huge piece for us to maximize that. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you transitioned from, say, dynamic pricing in the airline industry into the short-term rentals? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I started um, right after my PhD, I got an opportunity at United Airlines, uh, which has historically employed most applied, a lot of applied mathematicians and uh, folks in engineering who, are, who do heavy math uh, to figure out uh, how to improve their algorithms, right? Like airlines have been doing some form of revenue management and pricing for 40 odd years. Um, so there are pretty sophisticated tools that are being used on that front. What What has been changing is how much more powerful computers have gotten. So like there are stuff that you can do today that you couldn't do six years back. And then there is stuff that you could do six years back that you couldn't do like 12 years back. Like even if all the math was figured out, you couldn't implement the stuff because computers weren't powerful enough. And now, now they are in some ways, right? So uh, there's always going to be like, regardless of how old this becomes, there's always going to be like new things you can do just because a, a lot more data is available. A lot more things can be done. So started doing that. It was like actually my first foray into this whole pricing and revenue management uh, sort of realm. Like before that, I'd mostly been on more on the operational side of things, like scheduling and stuff, but found it fascinating. Uh, loved all the things you could do. Like you could move small dials from here to there. For example, like airlines make revenue from people who fly direct flights, but also fly connecting flights, right? Uh, and connecting flights increase the load on the airport because now there are more people at the intermediate airport. Like depending on that, you could price connecting flights differently so that the operational load is lower. So like pricing, not just for revenue management or increasing your revenue, but also to help your operations in some ways. So mm -hmm. like uh, it's, it's, it's something that impacts so many parts of a business that uh, just found it fascinating. Then somewhere midway, uh, one of my co-founders, um, so I'm in Chicago and one of my, not co-founders, one of my friends from undergrad joined uh, Northwestern for his MBA. And uh, I mean, we used to talk pretty frequently, but his roommate at that time went off for his summer internship or something. So he had a spare room and which he put out on Airbnb, uh, which is where he found out that on Airbnb, it Basically, when you sign up at that time, at least it used to ask you like, what do you want to charge? And he's like, how much are people willing to pay? Uh, and there was no easy way to find the answer to that. Uh, and at that time, I think you could just, you would just put in a base price uh, and that would be the price for everything. You could go in and adjust every single night, but it was super cumbersome. So uh, he and I started talking and saying like, hey, Airbnb is clearly like doing well. Uh, nobody is 
like there's there's no way to manage prices easily figure out what's happening especially for him he's like i'm new to chicago but even if i wasn't i have one property like how do i know when people come here when what's the high season what's the low season if there's a big event coming up with that i don't know about like uh with one property it's very hard to know what demand patterns exist like with 40 properties it's somewhat easy like if 6 months out 10 of your units get booked out emmanuel you kind of know that hey, something must be happening usually people don't book that yeah. far out yeah yeah if you if you have one property and somebody books 6 months out uh sure you found out that there was an event but there's nothing you can do about it anymore because yeah. <laughs> that one property you had got booked yeah. uh so so we started thinking about like okay how like clearly somebody should build this like how do we go about building this how do we figure out what what demand patterns exist in the area uh so started tinkering it took us about 6 months to come up with version 1 uh and then went in and uh tried it out like put it out to the world got feedback and then it took us another year or so to get out like version 2 which uh, which could do a lot more um which which was actually what like uh based on all the feedback that we got we said okay these these things are important for people and and we should really build those out and and things like that so yeah. yeah like that that's how the transition ended up happening so was there so is it now what you guys thought it was going to be from the beginning or is price lab now is a completely different company than what you guys thought you were making uh no it's pretty uh pretty so one close. of the pretty close to what pretty close and there were still things that we knew we had to do back then that uh we will we have in our roadmap like like i said like there are things we think like this will be super cool to have but you're like can't be done just yet um, yeah. you have to yeah. <laughs> wait a little bit for this to come uh so yeah like there are things from like the original plan and then as you learn like new and new things come up right like we can come up with only so many ideas uh a lot of our things like we build something and our customers are like this is good but you know what would be really cool if this could also do that and you're like that makes sense okay <laughs> <laughs> that would be great but i just we can't do it yet so or, so, or no. sometimes it's super easy to do we just didn't think about it right so like yeah. plenty of uh, uh features roll out that way like one of the big things early on was we we always did the pricing and one of our early customers in prague said hey pricing is great and it's helping us a lot but uh my market i want minimum stays of two nights over the weekends and in prague midweek it's all like very few people come compared to weekends like one night is enough but i also know that i don't want to book short nights far out because uh, nobody books short nights that far out i don't want to get a one night booking over new years when i can get a seven night booking so like mm-hmm. he basically gave us like hey if you can automate these rules and that would be great and we were like okay these are your rules but somebody else might want some other rules because they they have a different way of operating just as that airport example i gave like uh, somebody might have enough staff to say hey however much connecting traffic comes that's okay we can handle it same way like there are folks who say hey i don't mind short stays or i only want longer stays i i never want short stays so we like we need to generalize the rules that you have into something that everybody can use in some ways mm. um so yeah a lot of things have been built that way and uh, Yeah. This is So, where does the data So, for you to know when whenever is a hot weekend somewhere, right? So, yeah. where do you guys get 
the data? So does the customer have to input it based on what he knows, or do you guys kind of have a way to go through all that is available online and yeah. see, okay, based on your zip code, we know there's this many things going on. Like, how do you know whenever uh, a market it's right? So we do two popular. things. Yeah, we do two things. Uh, one is for so we scan Airbnb data and Verbo data and Booking.com data, right? For pretty much every location around the world. So wherever uh-huh. your property is, we are not even talking zip codes uh, because you could be on the boundary of two zip codes and things could be different. But yeah. for every property that, that uses us, we create sort of a radius around it to say, we want at least say 300 or 400 properties because that's when there are enough numbers to, to give us something sensible. Like if you look at the 10 closest properties, uh, the numbers are so small that one booking here and there can skew things a lot. So mm-hmm. we want to look at a significantly large number of properties uh, and then see, okay, what kind of trends has it been getting in the past? But more importantly for events and holidays, what do we see in the future? So for example, I right before this call, I was looking at Boston and with COVID and everything, in most cities, people aren't like most reservations are coming super last minute. Like people are booking in the next week, two weeks, most most of it, Uh, which wasn't always the case. People used to book a little farther out. Uh, But there is a weekend, I think either in late March or April, that like, if you look at the, uh, how many properties are occupied already, it it goes like this. And then there is a peak and then it goes goes back back in. And on weekend. It's a marathon weekend. Like every single year, like, especially with something like marathon where people book pretty far out, like marathoners, uh, I, I don't know if whatever the lottery system or how, how you get chosen, it happens a year out. And at that point, you know that uh, if everything around the world is normal, you would go, <laughs> go run there, right? Uh, so people book that far out. So we kind of get to know if the normal occupancy 10 months out is 2%, which is like, there are some people who always book far ahead. And you start seeing a small bump, even like a half a percent bump. We say, hey, this half a percent bump could be an indicator of something that's going to happen uh, later on. So we bump up the rates there. Now, two things can happen. One, that half a percent is really the marathon weekend. And over time, that half a percent gap keeps increasing. And we, we know that, hey, this is an event. We'll have the prices high. Or it was just noise, in which case it would eventually die down and our prices would also die down with it. Uh, what we try not to do is to say, hey, everybody has set their prices at 500 bucks or whatever, and, and we are going to match that, which which works in some cases, but it, it can backfire. Like uh, there are plenty of times when there are lesser known events where demand spikes, nobody raises prices. And, and we don't want your prices to not increase because of that. So how does it, I guess, monitor like Boston Marathon, that's a good example. Let's mm-hmm. say, I don't know, like a Beyonce's in town in a couple of weeks or something like that. Like right. there's so many factors, I guess, that the algorithm would need to like pull yeah. from. Mm-hmm. Like how, do, how does that work? It, right, so there, yeah, there, <laughs> there are two things there. So suppose it's two weeks out, but suppose it got announced three months out. So till three months out, if you, if you look at the forward looking data in your area, you would not see anything abnormal. Assuming there's nothing else going on, you would see that hey, every weekend is pretty similar. It's sitting at, it's three months out. Usually your area sits at whatever, 15% that far out, it's sitting at 15%. Um, 
and then Beyonce's uh, concert gets announced. That very night or that very the next night, our algorithm is not going to be able to say automatically that hey there is something going on because even then not many people have started booking. But the moment a few people start booking, uh, hopefully not your property, but somebody else's property, we will say that, hey, something is happening in this area and we are going to bump up your rates. Now that's where uh, I think, Emmanuel, your question comes in, like, does the user put in events or, or do you put in events? And, and the answer is both. Like in such a case, if you know that, hey, Beyonce's concert came in, you would go in and say, hey, for these dates, I want to bump up my rates or put in a floor because it's such a new event that there is no sort of data that's going to tell you that something abnormal is happening. But in a couple of days, that data will start showing that, hey, somebody, some abnormal bookings are coming in and then we'll automatically raise it as well. So most of our customers sort of do a hybrid, like things that they know they would go in and put something to say at least charge this much. Uh, and we sort of make it easy. So if you have 40 properties, you don't have to go in and 40 calendars and do it. Yeah. Uh, you can... You can do it at a group level for one city. All all the properties in this location raise the prices by this much for these dates, uh, and then our algorithm should should pick that up. Got it. Okay, so yeah. it's kind of like a a like the machine will realize that something is happening, but it needs confirmation. So after a certain confirmation, the machine goes like, "Okay, this is actually happening. Like this something right. is going on." Right. So we got don't, it. We don't, uh, at least right now, we, we have plans of showing what event it is at some point yeah. uh, and proactively doing this even before the demand has started showing up. But at least right now, for, for our algorithm, there, if there is no signal in the market that there's an event, uh, then, then it says, hey, it uh, doesn't look like... Because what the other part of it that happens is there are sometimes like big conferences where uh, everybody knows that there's this conference, but... It, it's a industry conference happening at a hotel and everybody books that hotel at a discounted rate or a group rate or whatever it is, right? If it's a big hotel, enough hotel. In which case, there is something happening, but if the demand doesn't show up in short-term rentals, we don't want to raise prices for short-term rentals. So it's sort of uh, a two-way thing where uh, sometimes there are events that are well-known that somehow don't cause a bump in, in occupancy or anything like that. Got it. So your data is exclusively based on short-term rental, short-term rental data, or does we, it pull hotel data as well? We pull hotel data as well, uh, partly because hotels are good at Making knowing. <laughs> They've been doing it a bit longer than we have. Yes. Also, like hotels have uh, have are better at knowing or keeping track of things like. Uh, what's changing, like a Beyonce concert comes, hotels will have a revenue manager who will bump up the rate. And, and we say that, hey, like nothing happening in short-term rentals, but something's happening in hotels where the rates are higher. For safety, we should bump up the rates as well. So like there, there's multiple things that go into figuring out when to raise prices for an event and when to not raise prices. And uh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I mean, so I if, guess, sorry, go ahead. Real quick. So let's just say on a normal week, because this is one thing that I tell a lot of folks that are getting into the business yeah. is I can tell right away looking at somebody's listing if they're an amateur or a professional operator just by their pricing. Like if their rate is a hundred bucks a day and it doesn't change, like yeah. that's an amateur operator. So, and you're leaving a ton of money on the table. 
like a yeah. ton of money. So factor out any other events or whatever. Say it's a normal week in October. Right. How, how does it, uh, I guess, kind of set the base rate? Is it based on, all right, all the other two bed, one baths in this area? I don't know if it compares amenities or anything like that, because there's so right. many factors that it could go off. Of. Right. Yeah. So there's uh, more than looking at your amenities and your competition amenities. We sort of try to focus on how are you performing? we provide you the data of like, how is your neighborhood set up? Like how, what kind of prices are they setting? But what we say is like, if, if suppose your neighborhood has set their prices at hundred bucks, like there are 50 properties around you that are all hundred bucks a night, uh, all two bedrooms. And then you're a two bedroom as well. And you have set up your prices at a hundred bucks a night and you're going fully booked all the time. Uh, that sort of tells you that, well, you can, you can increase prices. Uh, the other two beds might not be getting booked, but maybe there's a difference in quality. Like maybe you're facing the, the ocean or the riverfront and uh, a lot of the other properties are facing the parking lot. Or uh, like there are a lot of these intangible things that go in. Like uh, we still don't, uh, don't have the capability to look at the pictures of a property and say, hey, this is a good property and this is not a good property. So uh, every single attribute of, of the two properties could be exactly the same, but the pictures on one could be really good and the pictures on the other could be like really low quality. And, and that matters because the demand on the good quality one pictures will be higher because it attracts people to book. Got it. So, but you can see that, yeah, on your side. We can, we don't analyze assume pictures it. yet. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can assume it. Yeah, so yeah. what we try to do is, I mean, we suggest a base price. It's based on like, what have you been booking at and how much you have been booking? What most people do is either start with that or like go in and say, hey, this is a new property. It's not been getting booked. I'm going to put a price which I think is normal. And then over a few weeks, you'll, you'll get a feedback. Like there are on, on our dashboard, there are signals that we show that say, hey, not getting booked enough or getting too many, too many bookings. Like everything is booked out in the next 60 days and stuff. That help you say, okay, let me move the dial a little bit. Um, while also looking at, okay, how's my competition? So maybe you put in a price of 150 and you're not getting booked. Uh, and we tell you, I mean, our signals will tell you that, hey, you should reduce it. But then you're like, how much should I reduce it? And then you go in and look at the market data and everybody is between 80 and 120 a night or a big chunk is in there. So, so you, then you kind of know that 150 was like at the higher end of things and I should bring it down in some ways. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, so we've been having a lot of um, guests on the show that kind of talked about how COVID has impacted our industry, kind of all industries. And yeah. one of the main thing that we keep getting, which is the question that I asked you at the beginning um, before we even came on the air, is there is a big move towards medium to longer term stay. Yeah. Um, and I asked you, my question was, is there a way that your machine has now learned how to help with pricing for longer term stays. So yes and no. Um, no in that we ourselves uh, sort of focus more on the short term part of it where we say, okay, what's the daily rate going to be? Yes, in terms of there are two or three things that, that become key when you're trying to attract longer guests. One is uh, the price itself. So, and you kind of need to know 
what are people booking one are there longer bookings like there are places in the us for example uh, a lot of beach locations where people aren't booking longer stays they are still very much weekend stays uh, so before you like start this whole like uh, diving into it like you mm-hmm. should try and find out like in my area are am i seeing longer bookings or not yeah so one of the things we ended up doing with covid coming out is people like people had this question so we were like okay let's let's create some data tools that people can use to answer those questions so you can now go in and create a dashboard to see okay in my selected area are people getting longer bookings or not and if they are getting longer bookings uh, what prices are they getting those at so by lead time so like if somebody is booking a last minute month long stay what prices do they come at if somebody is booking 15 days out what prices do they come at got it on the same like at the same time like even without looking at any data if if you want to encourage longer stays uh, like the math is sort of i mean for you guys it's going to be super simple uh, if if your price is on average 100 bucks uh, and say in october you're projecting an occupancy of 60% just as an example uh, you could go in and say okay 100 bucks is my nightly rate i should be okay giving up to a 40% discount on a month long stay because in, on average i'll make about the same money because instead of 60% of the nights booked at 100 bucks i'll get 60% of the rate at 100% occupancy for for the month but i in in return i'm getting a lot less hassle like one check in one check out no parties like all kinds of benefits there right mm-hmm. um so that math a lot of people like know by themselves but they still want to know what is normal in my market like what what we have been seeing is about half the properties on airbnb just don't do any long term discounts which to Silly. yeah which which seems fairly surprising like mm-hmm. if if your occupancy is running low it makes all the sense to to try and get longer bookings to fill up your calendar even if at a discounted rate uh, you yeah. might you might actually make more money from that mm-hmm. the second thing that uh, that a lot of people a lot of our users have been doing is not about prices but about minimum stays so what a few folks do is uh, and again it depends on the region so you can see lead time so you can see uh, am i getting like like i was saying like a lot of people are booking short stays only last minute like only in the last two weeks or so so if you're in one of those markets where short stays only happen last minute there might still be people who are looking to book longer stays for all kinds of reason like these midterm stays are happening because of work or because people are just now are free to work from wherever uh, if not permanently maybe temporarily but they are right now and and they might be looking to book long stays far out if you do have a two night booking 30 days out then nobody can book a 30 night stay for like starting in the next month more or less right till till that two night books booking ends so what what you could do is you could say outside of 14 nights on a rolling basis make my minimum stay 28 nights uh, i don't want to take short bookings there aren't that many coming in anyways but i just don't want to risk it i'll try to book longer bookings uh, and if those don't come up then in the last minute last two weeks i'll take shorter bookings so yeah. again depends on like your region i know folks in in columbus and folks in barcelona who do this and who have been having success with it so it, it really depends on what kind of market you are in and look at the data look at your own data like are you getting anything more than or if you are getting like 90% of your bookings within the last two weeks you can somewhat say that okay 
I'm not losing out on too much. And maybe, and if you have 40 properties, try it with 10 of your properties and see what happens and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, like if, if this hasn't become obvious from this conversation, it, the main advantage of using you guys is, is not just for the practicality of it, right? Because like you said, Airbnb, you still very much have to go in the calendar and manually change it if you want to. So just to use that, but it's also for, and a lot of people like Mike invest, I'm very specific to one market. So I stay in one market and up until this point, I have never uh, used something like, like you guys, in all honesty, just because I feel very comfortable knowing my market. Right, yeah. So, and I've been doing it for a very long time. So I go through historic yeah. data, yeah. but that does not help me maximize occupancy, right? Because sometimes I leave based on historic data instead yeah. I could just fill out a pocket. But Got if it. you are like Mike and you invest in a lot of markets, what Price Lab does is it gives you a full picture of a new market yeah. immediately, right. which if you're starting to be an Airbnb operator, that makes such a difference yeah. because then you're an expert in any market at any point in time, sort whenever of. you want. Yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll, yes, but I'll counter saying most of our customers uh, are not in multiple markets. They, they are in one market. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just just a couple insane people go to multiple <laughs> markets. So then I'm not like you know it's a it's a small it's a small breed of people that will go yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. So I guess one question that I wanted to, I guess conceptualize for folks, is first and foremost to ease point like you need to be using a dynamic, dynamic pricing tool. I honestly started using it because it just made sense. And I didn't want to have to go in every day and tweak my prices on Airbnb and any other platform. Like I wanted to be way more passive than that. Now that I've created a business out of it, I get more jacked up using all the data and the analytics and everything that Anurag and the team are putting together now. But there, I feel like there's different levels of operators. So if you're a newbie or you have a couple properties or a vacation home or whatever, just plug it in. I mean, the price to value you get out of it is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's so inexpensive to use it, but two, it just, it, it's going to make you way more money and it's going to save you a ton of time just from using the pure pricing tool. Now, once you get to a certain point and you understand your markets, when does it make sense to start customizing your profiles? Cause that's one thing I do like is like, I can customize it however I want now. Yeah. So when does it make sense to deviate from kind of the, the boilerplate templates to creating custom profiles? So um, I would say as soon as you can start doing it. Uh, <laughs> so, so there's multiple levels, right? Like nobody, we at least people do it, but we don't recommend anybody to come into Price Labs, uh, pull in your PMS properties or Airbnb properties, uh, and hit the sync button. Like that's that's generally not what anybody should do. Uh, with not price labs, but with any any system, like you want to first review what it's going to spit out, make sure it makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, uh, and it it might not make sense for a variety of reasons, go and see how can you make it work. Like with any automation, uh, there is it's not going to cater to everybody out of the box. Uh, you have to put in some amount of uh, thought into like, okay, how do I make this work for me? Like 
in, in some ways, right? So I, I'll give a couple of examples, right? So in the same location, in the same city or uh, wherever, there might be two, uh, two operators who have very similar portfolios, very similar properties in a very similar location, but they brand a little differently. One of them is all about Airbnb uh, and all about vacations. And then the second one does Airbnb, but they also do booking.com and Expedia. And they also try to cater to uh, business uh, bookings or uh, what are they called? Uh, service departments kind of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and they are almost the same units. They are almost in the same location, but they're patterns for day of week are going to be different. Like, like the one who's purely catering to vacationers is going to be weekend heavy. Whereas the one that's also listing on Expedia and booking.com and also trying to gain more business travelers will their weekdays are not going to be as far down as everybody else's. And they would say like, Hey, these prices don't, don't make sense to me uh, because I get this kind of a demand. And then we look at the entire market and, and say, Hey, in this market, this is what happens. So you would then want to go and say, okay, uh, let me create some rules to say weekends should be at least this much and weekdays should be at least this much or bump up the weekdays by this much. Uh, or sometimes it's like even setting the base price or the minimum price is like, those are the bare minimums that anybody should do. Uh, like you should set your floor price to say, never go below this. Uh, and you should set uh, like, or adjust your base price every so often by based on how uh, the performance is going on. Like we have tools that automatically adjust prices based on performance. Uh, but on top of that, if you want to, like if you're an active manager, you would want to look at those things and say, okay, let me help the algorithm a little bit uh, because it's to everybody's advantage in some ways. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would, my general answer is like, it's never soon enough to start. Uh, like you should never turn on the sync switch before even reviewing and adjusting. Uh, always go in. Uh, there's there's plenty of videos and tutorials and our support is pretty good as well to like help you figure out what you should do in some ways. Yeah. And I mean, I think the most important thing, which is what you said, I just want to uh, repeat it is with all automation is feedback because the machine doesn't understand what it's doing wrong. It's just going to do what it does. And then the way the machine works is the more it does what it does, <clears throat> regardless that you think is right or wrong, it's going to learn from what it does. So if you can be mindful and go in, and I remember Mike did a lot of this at the beginning, really being mindful of like what goes in it, like what the input is to determine what the output is. If yeah. you don't pay attention to the input, sometimes yeah. the output is going to be wrong. Yeah. So you just got to be kind of mindful, but that's with all air, like all Airbnb optimizing your listing in all types of ways, even with pictures yeah. and description is the same thing. You just go in, you tweak the pictures and then you observe and see what happens and then yeah. kind of tweak it from there. Yeah. Um, no. Where, where do you see the industry going? Like where, where are you guys seeing um, with, with COVID and everything else? What are some of the things that you're seeing happening uh, maybe sooner than you thought they were going to or? That's a tough question. I'm trying to think about it. Uh, he's flying through data in his head right now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't, I did not expect this question. <laughs> that is true. I did not expect this question. I mean, at the short term answer, like uh, that, that we are definitely saying, right, is 
after a good summer bump for short term rentals it it seems like things are slowing down again which which happens every year uh, like as in most non ski northern hemisphere locations uh, you're sort of entering the low season in some ways mm-hmm. um but this year's low season is a little going to be worse right because or at least to us seems like it's going to be worse because earlier the people who would travel on like weekends in october are going to be a little more apprehensive um, especially if they are traveling to cities because well, cities were sort of the the hub of all kinds of uh, transmission so we are seeing that the we think that the low season coming up is going to be a little worse than previous years the the, the summer was actually last the the summer that went by some cities it was pretty poor uh, but a lot of non urban markets was really really strong uh, and that's now that's over like uh, people are not going to go to the beach in october anymore kind of a thing um, so we'll we'll have to see what what it picks up to uh, what what usually happens does happen is uh, during this time a lot of urban travel used to happen so like if if i don't know if you guys are in i think mike you have properties in boston as well right so all of mine are suburban so i stay like 40 to got 45 it. minutes outside so we've done really well got it got it okay um, so if you're in boston city uh, august is actually not the high season like uh, when when the holidays come up people go outside the city i'm talking about previous years this year is just uh, <laughs> like, yeah. uh and october actually in boston used to be very very strong uh it, that happens with a lot of big cities that it was just surprising like most people think summer is a big time for travel which it is but it is not for travel to big cities for for big cities like uh, fall and, and early like late spring tend to be like a little bit stronger um so we don't know if that strong season in in the middle of the city is going to come up or not uh, mostly not um yeah we'll see uh, hopefully things get better soon people the other thing that's happening that uh, one thing you've already touched upon is is longer stays like people are doing longer and longer stays we don't know like there's been a lot of talk about like long term stays just becoming normal but it it's hard to tell if it's like 2 years from now if that's still going to be the case like um i think a lot of people are doing what i've seen is a yeah. lot of people are doing the like the workcation whether like to your point like if i'm going to work remote okay i'm going to yeah. go up in the mountains or at the beach or yeah i just had somebody book one of the townhomes at the hotel for december through april just off season yeah. at the beach yeah. just perfect yeah getting away work so yeah i'm seeing a lot more of that so again thinking about all the different tools you have how do you yeah. adjust your pricing how do you adjust yeah. your headlines how do you attract those people yeah. on certain days when they be more apt to go so one of the things we have been uh, so like the market dashboards that that i was talking about that we created soon after covid one of the things we have been looking at one of the things you can look at for your market is what amenities are sort of more in demand so mm-hmm. and we show it in two ways we show it in like what percentage of properties in the area have that amenity and what percentage of bookings in the area have come on such properties and one of the things we consistently see is like uh, laptop friendly workspace is like 60% of the properties have it and 75% of the bookings are on such properties which mm. which kind of goes to say that yeah there are certain amenities that people need to highlight more now because uh, more of the demand is not there to 
roam around the city they're there to stay in the home and work so wifi for example or uh, workspaces and things like that become a little more important absolutely yeah i'm just going to check the group here real quick as we're getting close to the end of our time here oh, wow. and I want to say thank you again because this was yeah. massively valuable. And as a data junkie myself, I was really looking forward to this one. So I mean, I I'm not a data junkie, and this was very <laughs> enjoyable too. So if you're if you're not a data person, this is still pretty awesome. Um, super selfish question for for me. So if if somebody like myself that has not used, so a lot of my booking have come throughout through my personal site, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody like me comes to the platform. Am I able to provide you my personal data, like my spreadsheet of past reservations for you guys to run an analysis of our, our specific property? Or is that not something that you guys do? So we don't directly do it, but we have some tools that can help do it. So for example, suppose you said you want to use the automation, but you still want to like really keep tight, tight control over your prices, right? Uh, there are two or three things that you can do. One is like, maybe you have your own seasonal patterns for from last year's, right? Which which might be different from the rest of the market because you, uh, you get a ton of direct bookings. Mm-hmm. What you could do is in Price Labs, uh, we, we suggest a base rate and we apply seasonality on top of it. But you could tell us that, hey, don't apply your seasonality. Uh, you will have to reach out to our support and we can do it for you. And instead, I'm going to set seasonal base rates. So you can say for, for, and you can create as many seasons as you want. You don't have to be monthly or whatever. You can say uh, January 3rd till Feb end, uh, my season is low and I want on average prices to be whatever, 80 bucks. Um, March till mid-April, I want them to be 90 and so on. So you can set seasonal rates that way based on your own data. Mm-hmm. There are other rules that you can again create based on like, in your own data, you can look at what kind of lead times do you get? Like, do you get booked far out? Like how many bookings come, how far out essentially? Yeah. And, and you can then create what, what, what we have is something called portfolio occupancy rules. So suppose you have 40 properties and you can create a rule that says if between 30 and 60 days, if there is any night where out of those 40, more than 20 are booked, start bumping up the rates. Um, like if it's more than, 40% booked, bump up the rates this much. More than 50% booked, bump up the rates even further. To say that, hey, this far out, if somebody's, if more than half my properties are getting booked up, progressively keep increasing the prices. And then as it gets closer, you can sort of do that fine tuning to say like, what am I used to getting and, and how can I adjust my prices automatically to get that booking curve from my history? What we will try to tell you also is do that but also then keep an eye on the market and the, what the market's uh, booking curves are because because yeah maybe maybe you are getting all your bookings in the last 30 days because of the rules that you have set up but the market is getting like 30% of its booking outside of 30 days then in some ways you are losing out on those bookings so maybe your rules need to relax a little bit um, mm. so so uh, yeah i love it so it gives you proof of concept also some ways yeah 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 Awesome. Mike, do we have awesome. any, any questions that you wanted to? Uh, I had a couple pre-submitted, but I already covered them. So we are, yeah. we are good. But at some yeah. point, I know we were going to do some type of uh, live demo or some walkthrough of some of the things. So 
you know, maybe we could either schedule that for a follow-up or do a, a separate training in the Facebook group. I think that would be massively valuable if you've got time for that. Um, and also maybe just showing to some of the new market reports, which again, like I've got students all over the place and I've got a couple now looking at some deals in the Phoenix or the Scottsdale market. And they're like, do I need a pool? And I'm like, well, go look at the new report. If that desired amenity is really high, then you probably want to make sure that you have a pool, right? Like things like that to leverage the data. Got it. Are we talking, do I need a pool in a property that already exists or... Okay. Well, just doing market research of like when okay. I'm narrowing down the properties I want to buy, should I look for one that has a pool or is got it okay it. to not have a pool? Got it. Got it. I was thinking like if, I, if I'm if i already operating something like starting to have a pool when you don't have one is, is a pretty massive exercise. Get out there and start digging. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Anurag. I really, really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, um, it before awesome. we wrap up, where can folks learn more about yourself and about Price Labs and all the tools that you guys offer? Absolutely. So uh, go to pricelabs.co. Uh, that is P-R-I-C-E-L-A-B-S, Price Labs, one word, uh, .co, not .com. Uh, and uh, when you land there, you'll, you'll see plenty of things. Uh, but we also host sort of weekly webinars if anybody wants to sort of get a walkthrough of the system and things like that. There are recorded webinars, but also live webinars. Um, so you can register for those. Uh, and there's plenty of like educational material out there as well on, on our blog. Um, about midterm stays and then what kind of strategies can be applied for midterm stays and things like that as well. Awesome. And uh, Anurag, if you were to tell people from all your experience from your side of the business, the number one secret in being successful as an Airbnb host, what would you say the secret is? I would say learn to sort of... Uh, Use price labs. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That, of course, but also like not just price labs. It's like the, the ones that I've seen that have been very doing really well. Uh, and of course, I don't have like a full view of everything. I, I know the people I talk to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are fairly tech savvy or spend the time to learn systems like uh, price labs is one, but there are like three or four other types of systems that can you that you can put in to like automatically like schedule cleaning, for example, uh, automatically reply to like easy messages, at least like there are going to be always messages that need your input, but there are some where like everybody knows the answer and not everybody knows the answer, but you know the answer and it's like super easy to key in. Like, so there are messaging systems that, that will do it for you. Like, uh, figuring out how channel management works. If you, if you list not just on Airbnb or like if you have your own uh, direct booking website, like how do you make it so that you make changes in one place and they flow through to your direct booking website, your Airbnb, your listing, your verbal listing, booking.com. Like there are systems for streamlining a lot of things so that you're not, uh, the last thing you want to be doing is like sitting in front of the computer all day changing things, uh, which is like super manual work, uh, things that can be automated. What you want to do is you will still have to change things, but hopefully not for the entire day, maybe like half an hour or an hour, but then have the other time to like think a little more strategically, like, hey, where is this moving? How can I adapt? How can I adapt my rules for messaging for that? Or how can I adapt my pricing rules for that or whatever else? Love it. Great fucking advice. Awesome. Thank you, Anurag. That was amazing.
thank you for your time, man. And uh, we hope to see you soon, maybe on a on a live live demo. I would love to see that. (laughs) All right, sounds good. All right, perfect. Take care. Ciao, guys. Thank you. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.